Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddick. Hello, everyone. We have a fun episode for you today. After the three of us catch up, we have a fun topic to discuss. Ginger and I were so inspired by the IG Quilt Fest hosted by Amy Ellis on Instagram, we thought we would continue the fun and chat about our favorite prompts with Lori. So stay tuned. Well, hello to the two of you. How are you both? I'm doing good. How about you, Ginger? I'm doing really good. Yeah. Um, No, good. Yeah, I was trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to add there. And I'm like, no, that's pretty much sums it up. I'm doing good. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. How about about you, Tracy? You sound sound so chipper and so happy. So what have you been up to? Well, I had a good day. I actually took five minutes and sewed in the middle of the workday. (gasps) Oh, that is the best. I know. Awesome. Yes. I've been really bad. No, um, really good. Actually, it was for work. So, I mean, it should be allowed, right? So, yes. <laughs> yes. I had to work on my next round of Ruby Jubilee Mystery Quilt Along blocks and then take photos of them so that they could be included in the next issue. So, that is what I did. So, yes, I actually got some sewing done. Nice. Uh, I'm so jealous because I still have yet to, I've got the blocks cut out and I have not had the time to put them together. It's, it's driving oh. me nuts. Like, I feel like <laughs> I'm usually such a, like, I've got to get it done. You know, before I move on to my next project, I get some, get done, whatever I have. And I have stopped that philosophy and I have like a backup of projects. Um, it's sad. It's making me very, very sad, but I'm slowly but surely getting through things. And sadly, my uh, Ruby Jubilee blocks are not as high on the list as I would like them to be. <laughs> Lori, do you hear what I hear? She's I hit do. the point. <laughs> yes. Finally. Does this I mean think... like I'm a true, real quilter now? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I it was going official. to say. <laughs> yeah. My status is like the newbie has moved up to like advanced newbie. (laughs) You know, at least. Which, which this actually reminds me of something because I have a bone to pick with the two of you. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. You're both in big trouble. Oh no. Lori did it. (laughs) So last week, uh, the podcast I did with Quilts Around Fire dropped. And the two of you. Yes. (laughs) We were so sneaky are so sneaky. I cannot believe it. I was listening and I'm sitting here going, what is happening? There, there was like a little intro commercial and then it had, it was for this voiceover product and they started saying, we have a surprise for Tracy. She doesn't know about, and I'm like, what is happening? And so I'll drop a link to the podcast and all of the listeners can go listen to that episode. But Lori and Ginger completely surprised the pants off of me. (laughs) And and, and we're secret guests on the podcast too. We did good because she came onto our podcast and it was Mm -hmm. so hard like not to talk about it or not do anything. It was like, so we were all being so sneaky. I'm so proud of us. (laughs) Yes, we did good. Yeah, clearly. They were such fun questions because she had reached out and she had just given us like, you know, a bunch of just really like kind of crazy questions. Like what kind of, you know, what movie star is she like and this and that. And oh my God, it was so much fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and the reason why I interrupted you on this was because I was describing how the podcast started and the fact that the plan was always to have, you know, an advanced quilter. That was Lori and an intermediate quilter. That was me. And then a beginner quilter. And I said that was you. And after, as I was listening to the podcast, I'm like, she is not a beginner anymore. Like, nope. you are nope. nowhere near a beginner because you sent us photos of your last. on the podcast? <laughs> no, <laughs> let's just stay. We're okay, just going to have good. to change the rules of the podcast, I think. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank goodness. But the last the last picture you sent the, to Lori and me of the quilt that you finally finished, I was like, oh, she's not a beginner anymore. Nope. That's it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's actually, it's sitting behind me now. It's so funny. I haven't gotten much further, but I did finish the, I finally, finally finished. I've been, I think the last like two or three podcasts, I've been like, I still haven't finished it. I say, and it still took me a long time to finish it, but it, the quilting is done. Thank God. Yay. <laughs> did it shrink much? That's my question. No, not really. Oh, it good. really didn't. Yeah. Because no, it still fits. And I mean, I had purposely made it because, I mean, he, my husband really wanted a, a comforter because we always have a hard time finding ones that are big enough for the both of us. See, and so I have that same yep. problem. They're like yep. never even – so I don't know what size you be- have, like bed you have. But we have a queen, is- but it's a deep – like it's the uh-huh. deep pocket one. So yeah. it it's really thick. So I feel like a regular queen just doesn't fit on it. So Ours I did this. Ours is king size yeah. and nothing fits over mm. us. Like it's always one of us is a little shorted. Yeah. No. So hopefully this will work. I don't know. And it's definitely, it's because uh, I did a really thin, he he doesn't like to like be completely smothered by, you know, a blanket or anything. And the one we have on there now is pretty thick. So this one, I did the thin batting and, you know, so it'll, I think it'll still keep us warm, but hopefully it'll keep us covered. We'll find out. I don't know, but I still have to bind <laughs> it. So who knows? That may take another, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll throw it on the bed without the binding and see where we <gasps> go from there. <laughs> She's going to pull a Scott Flanagan. Yes. <laughs> Just start using it, you know. <laughs> I'm dying to use it. I want to see it on the bed. So as soon as I can, hopefully this week, I'll try to take some pictures of it on the bed so I can show it to everybody. And But I really do love the way that the quilting turned out on it. It, it just, it's so nice. Awesome. See, and the binding is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy I doing to, the binding. When I get to that part, I'm like rushing to finish the binding to like get to the binding part. Yeah. Well, and funny? I think that's part of my problem too, is that I'm just, all I want to do is sew. And it's like, I get really annoyed where it's like, ah, I got to work. I got to take care of the family. I got to do all <laughs> I'm like, I yep. just want to go sew. I want to start getting stuff done. Um, so anyway, but, uh, well, I'm so glad that you enjoyed the podcast. It was so much fun to like, even <laughs> just hear your story, even though I've heard it, you know, and I know I could probably tell your story almost as well as you can at this point, but it's so awesome. Like, oh, oh my gosh. I don't know. It's so funny because Brandy sent the note. I'm going to be like completely vulnerable and honest with both of you and our listeners. Um, but so Brandy sent a note over that it had gone live and I, I was really tired and I was planning to listen to it the next morning. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll just start listening to it tonight. And the first part of it, like the first half hour, you know, I'd say maybe 20 minutes, whatever that first segment is, um, where I was just sort of talking about my backstory. I had this panic moment where I thought, oh my gosh, I made it so difficult for her to edit this. <laughs> like I just was talking and talking and talking and I was, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is so boring. Everybody knows the story. 
No, no, no. And, and it's so funny because I have. I did know your story, and I still was truly engaged. So oh, it was God. awesome. It was oh, awesome. I had this whole panic thing where I was like, "Oh God, I'm just talking too long." <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. Aww, too funny. Oh man. Well, so all right. So you got your your blocks. You got those going mm-hmm. on, Lori. All right. How many more yeah. quilts have you done in the last week right? and a half or two weeks since we talked? Okay, I I have one little fun thing. The project that I did that I'm the proudest of mm-hmm. was not a quilt. Oh. I've been working really hard since the first of the year at losing weight. <gasps> and I'm about halfway to my goal. And oh. I'm determined I'm not going to buy new pants because I'm not to my goal yet. But they didn't fit. And I wear jeans. I mean, I'm retired. I wear jeans all the time. I took up all of my jeans except the pair I was wearing. And they fit again. (gasps) And it feels really good. Yes. And it should. Good for you. Well, and good for you for just like taking charge because that's hard. And it's hard to make that decision. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you. I wish we could see you. Like, well, we haven't seen you in person and it's hard to tell when you're sitting. So, well, yeah, you you can't see the most impressive part. I mean, it's my (laughs) time. We might need a a, a jeans fashion show. (laughs) There you go. But the other thing that I've been working on that's just such a funny story, I decided. I'm trying to use up stuff that I have in my studio. And I had uh, several packages of thangles, the the things mm-hmm. you use to make tri- uh, half-square triangles in their paper product, and they take up space. And I can make half-square triangles without them, but I decided I'd use them up. I cut and pinned together 96 pairs of fabric, and they were wrong. Oh, no. (laughs) I was supposed to have a light and a neutral and a dark and a neutral. And instead, I pinned together a light and a dark. Oh, no. Now, thank goodness I just pinned them. I hadn't started sewing when I realized what I did wrong. Oh, my God. So I had to unpin them all and repin them all with the right (laughs) fabric. Got them all done on the design wall. It takes me about 30 minutes to make a block, and there are only 12 blocks. So I'm thinking that sometime tomorrow I should have my quilt top finished. Nice. Oh, and that's probably helping with the exercise, pinning, unpinning, you know, running around, redoing them. I don't know if moving your hand to take a pin out counts as exercise. I mean, it all counts. Calories, right? Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, good. So then we should have something new to see pretty soon then. Yes. Yes. Soon you'll have pictures of that one. Nice. Is this one just for you or? It'll go in the pile for Christmas. Nice. All right. Well, I'm so glad we had a minute to catch up because I've missed you guys. You guys ready to go to open studios and have a really fun discussion? Absolutely. (laughs) 
Today in Open Studios, we are talking about some of the fun prompts from last month's IG Quilt Fest hosted by Amy Ellis on Instagram. For those of you who don't know what that is, Amy Ellis hosts an event every March in which she offers a prompt for every day of the month. Participants share a photo for each of the prompts. Is that a good description, Ginger? Yeah, I think so. I was, I was yeah. trying to figure out like how to describe it. So essentially, if you you decide that you're going to participate, you follow the prompts and every day you post a photo and then you share it using a hashtag, um, IG Quilt Fest. Uh, this year, I feel like there were a few because there were ones that were IG Quilt Fest 2022. And then mm-hmm. for each day, there would be IG Quilt Fest day one. And so you would get to see other participants' photos. And it really, what I thought was great about it was all of the conversation that ensued. Mm-hmm. I was actually really surprised. Um, this is the fir- third year I've done it. And the first year I actually made it through. Oh, you did. Yeah. Cause I think you did every day. It was so funny. Cause at first I didn't realize what was going on. Cause a few of the quilters that I follow, like I was like, man, what is this like quilt fest thing? And then by the time I figured out what it was, I didn't know if I could start like halfway through and. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, next year I'll know. Cause I just found it fascinating. Um, and Lori, did you even know about this? I knew about it because a few of my friends on Facebook would have the hashtag and it'd show up on Facebook. Okay. But I kind of avoid Instagram because I get so caught up in it's mm-hmm. like hours honest. I can lose hours looking. So I don't go there very often. Oh, I, I have <laughs> lost hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a That's lot a of real looking thing. at what Tracy posted. <laughs> Well, and I don't feel like I post that often. So for Mm -hmm. me, it was like a really important challenge to sort of get in the habit of posting every day. Um, And in the middle of the month, I literally, like when I had the whole health scare, I missed like a full week. Like I didn't post at all. And so at the end, I'd say the last four days, I was just like dumping photos to catch up. (laughs) It was pretty funny. But it still was really fun. And a lot of our listeners actually commented. They really liked sort of the stories that I was telling for some of the early prompts. But so this was actually Ginger's idea to actually do this as a discussion point today. And I thought, what a great idea, because the prompts really make you stop and think about your journey as a quilter. Um, Even things as simple as like, what's your favorite tip or what's your favorite quilt? Like you could choose your favorite quilts. I mean, come on, but (laughs) maybe some people can, but I can't. Um, so I thought it, what would be fun is if each of us sort of went around and picked a topic and then we could discuss it and we'll see what happens. Who wants to go first? I vote Lori. She actually did a lot of research. (laughs) Remember what I said about when I go on Instagram or Pinterest, I get lost. And I, (laughs) I got on my computer this morning about 10.30 or so, and it was 1.30 before I said, okay, I've got to stop and do some other stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I have uh, five pages of notes <gasps> with pictures. Yay! All right, so we're just going to let Lori talk right. the whole time. I Literally. love it. I love it. <laughs> One of the things that 
that really struck me was was when I did several things um, in what we've learned. Is that what, what the prompt mm-hmm. was? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll pull up the prompt for you, but um, I, it lesson learned. Yes, lesson lessons learned. learned. Yep. Mm-hmm. And one of the ladies, her her name is Mama in Stitches, talked about doing a quilt and she didn't do it quite right. She was doing little hedgehogs and cut off the noses. <gasps> when Aww. she did her seams, it cut off mm-hmm. the peaks of the little hedgehog noses. And she got discouraged and put it away and then eventually got it back out and quilted it and still wasn't enthusiastic about it at all. And then one of her kids found it in the closet and just went gaga over it. Aww. And and her point then, and the thing that I really want, I think it's so important, is what we see is not what other people see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at my quilts and I think, oh, the colors are yucky, or oh, I didn't do this very well. And everybody else says, oh, what a cool quilt. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. What yep. we see is not what other people see. Yep, exactly. And and we're all guilty of it. We are all our own worst critics. Like, oh, I absolutely. can't help it. Like, I will look at anything that you guys do and just only see the perfection. I look at what I do and see nothing but mistakes. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> like, why? Why are we so hard? Because we're, we're looking at it this close to our face for mm, that's how long, exactly however right. However long it takes to make the quilt. And so it we're too close to it. I mean, how many times does Lori send us a picture, Ginger? And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I messed this up or, oh, this color is terrible, or this looks hideous. And the two of us are like, you need to walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Just turn around. Just go walk away mm-hmm. for a few yep. minutes, go do something else, and then come back to it because it looks great. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're all just guilty of this. It, it just, I think what drives me crazy is when people point out the mistakes. Like, oh, and here I made this mistake, and here mm-hmm. nobody's seeing it. Yeah. See, and have either of you, have either of you ever gone up to somebody else's quilt and been like, oh, look, you missed that point, or oh, you did that or that? I would never do that in a million no. mm-hmm. years. And because, like I said, I think when I look at other people's work, that's all I see is just how much hard work went into it, how beautiful it is. Those things that, you know, the little things, I just don't notice them. Like, I don't know why. It's so much easier to be so much more you know, just wonderful for other people's stuff and not your own. <laughs> One of the other categories was whoops. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I scrolled through all of that. And my comment on that category is, hey, y'all are being way too hard on yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And and it's like Tracy said, we're so close. We're sitting here mm-hmm. and yep. and we're 18 inches max away when we're sewing. And that's not where other people view our quilts from. And and honestly, those whoops are the reason you become a better quilter because you you made that mistake. You know, hopefully you mm-hmm. learn from it and then that way you won't do it again, you know, or you might even discover a way or a technique or something like, oh, well, you know what? If I had just done it like that, it would have been better. So I look at I look at the whoopses as, you know, not necessarily a bad thing unless of course it's like, you know, at a point when you're making the quilt and, you know, you hit that point and there's a whoops. I think the timing of the whoops is important. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, I've seen a bunch of posts recently on social media where people have like not only completed the quilt top, but sent it off to the quilter or finished the quilting and then noticed some teeny <gasps> tiny mistake. Oh. And we're so upset. One person posted on Instagram and I'm, I didn't save the post. I wish I, I had, but because I would, I would love to sort of give her a shout out that she had done one of Elizabeth Hartman's patterns mm. and it was, um, the deer with the antlers yeah. and she's like, uh, I, I got it completely quilted. And then I, I noticed the mistake. I mean, I stared at that quilt for five whole minutes before I could even find anything remotely wrong with it. And it was just that one of the half square triangles on the tip of one of the antlers was backwards. And that was it. And I just thought, who's going to notice that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yourself. Yourself. I did that I with mean, a, qu- a quilt I gave my mom where until I posted it up on Instagram after she had opened it for Christmas, I was like, oh, no, that one down in the corner is completely in the wrong direction. And now every time I see that post, that's all I see is that one little half square triangle that's off. Isn't that sad? And again, Why are we so hard on ourselves? <laughs> I know. I know. We all need to stop that. <laughs> What were you going to say, Lori? Well, there you were said- other there were other things that I saw on that that same one that was day seven, mm-hmm. and they were instead of a picture of a quilt, they were like quotes, and um, there were two of them that were really cool. Uh, one from Jeannie. Arnieri, mm, and that's pretty good. Did, well, I probably butchered it. It's probably totally <laughs> Sorry, wrong. Jeannie, if we did, or you nailed it, you know. <laughs> but she talks. She just copied a uh, a quote, and um, the end of it says, "This new day is too dear, with his hopes and invitations to waste a moment on yesterdays." Hmm. There's one to think about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now I do. I like that. Yeah. And the spool and kettle did a fairly long post and says, stop putting yourself, your work down for listening to those who do. This is a habit of self-abuse. Be kind to yourself and remember we see the item as a whole and understand and appreciate where what you're up to, not the flaws you're obsessing over. Wow. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. Very good advice. This actually reminds me that I saw a, a TikTok video that was a, an artist. Um, I think she was a watercolor painter, although it could have been acrylic, but um, she did a whole video with a voiceover of her painting and how she also notices the, all the mistakes too. So I think that this is not just a quilter issue. It's anyone who does art or crafts that or handwork that really takes pride in what they do. I think that ultimately it's, it's a perfectionism thing or it's, you know, we want it, we're working so hard on things that we just want it to be just so. And, and it's okay if it's not just so, you know, I mean, I think it's just, it's important for us to remember to have fun. Yes. Yes. 
And I think that's definitely something we all need to keep in mind. <laughs> and and we also need to remember, I always say, I make utility quilts. I am not making quilts for Houston. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, same. if mm-hmm. I cut off a point, the quilt will still keep people warm. Mm-hmm. It will still look pretty laying on the couch. It's okay. I'm not advocating being sloppy, mm-hmm. but I am saying that that it's okay if it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's giving giving your quilt personality. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think I do advocate being sloppy. <laughs> I think yeah. that, you know, if, if you just, I, I, there was this quilter at, um, a store that I worked at and she was a doctor and in her spare time, she made quilts. She was the fastest quilter I have ever seen in my life. Were her seams perfect? Nope. But you know what? It was a stress release for her. The importance was not to get her quilt into Houston. Mm-hmm. She just liked sewing and she liked sewing quickly. I think that's fine. Yeah. It's a utilitarian quilt. So I, 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 I don't think that everyone approaches quilting in the same manner. And it, that's okay. Yeah. You know? Which that was actually prompt number five. Why do you quilt? And it's so I was funny. just about to and bring that quilt- one up. <laughs> no, well, and the thing is, is like, I don't quilt to be perfect. Like, I know that's not why I quilt, but yet at the end of the day, I expect perfection. So why is that? Why, you know, I, I, I shouldn't. I need to not expect per- perfection and, and go in realizing like, hey, it's a quilt for me. It's a quilt for my family. I'm doing it because I love them, because I love me, because I love doing this. So I think those are all good things to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. That was Agreed. a hard prompt for me, actually. Yeah. You know, a great because, post. You had a really good post. Like, oh, that was a yeah. really good one. Uh, you know, ultimately, I I was trying to think of like how do you how do you visualize how do you take a photo of that prompt, and that yeah. was the hard part. So I started looking through my phone of pictures that I had, um, and I came across a few pictures where. Uh, someone snapped a photo of me while I was sewing. And in all of them, I had this big goofy grin on my face. <laughs> and so I said that the smile on my face was the reason that I quilted. Yeah. It's awesome. And I hadn't thought about how hard it would be to visually show that. <laughs> like it just didn't dawn on me. And I was like, that is, that's a really tricky one to show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I suppose you could show a quilt block that you love, you know, yeah. and say that, you know, or fabric that you love and say mm-hmm. that, you know, it's because you love it's because the fabric. The fabric or, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't what know. would you do, and, Lori? If- see, I'm thinking the same thing. Uh, hard, hard to picture. Maybe a picture mm-hmm. of my five children. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The kids and the grandkids are a big part of why I quilt and in particular, why I quilt big quilts, mm-hmm. because they always have more beds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I suppose you could, if you come from a long line of quilters, you could show a picture of 
your grandmother or your mother or great grandmother right. as, you know, being a legacy thing. Right. But beyond that, I'm just not quite sure how how to visually interpret that prompt. Yeah. No, it's it's that was an interesting one. I thought that mm-hmm. was great. Um, so favorite quilting book is one that usually oh, comes up every year. And so right? I feel like I've always showed shown my the first quilting book I ever got, which was Quilts, Quilts, Quilts by Laura Nouns and Diana McClun, and was like the greatest book. And it's a book that a lot of people still they'll it'll come up a lot in mm-hmm. IG Quilt Fest. So I um I had the worst time with this one because then I thought if I pick just one book, do you know how many friends I have that have oh, yeah, that authors? Right. right. Oh, yes. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, and yeah. then how do you pick one and not another one? And so my photo was a stack of books. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was very politically correct of you. See? <laughs> yeah. But there was actually a book that I found. Um, be, someone else posted a book for that day, and it was called The Secret Lives of Color. Ooh. And I tell you, I have told every person that I have come in contact with about this book. Nice. It is so cool. I And I can't find the original post, so I can't even thank the person oh. for posting <laughs> about the book, but I literally went and I ordered it as soon as I saw the post about it. Um, and it is a person, she, the woman who wrote it is lives in England and she's a writer and she was writing for, I think British L decor, um, which I, we don't have that magazine here, but Mm -hmm. she, um, was researching 18th century fashion and she was looking in these archives of, these really old, like one of the first fashion magazines. And because they didn't have photos of all of the quilts, they had to describe them with words. And so some of the descriptions of colors got her completely obsessed. And so she ended up writing this book that breaks down all of the, like all of these colors, it's 300 pages. And when you turn and open a page, the edge of the the page is actually the color that she's okay. you know it's colored the, so it's like the whole quilt looks rainbowy and but then she'll describe the historical significance of a color oh it that's is so great so cool you can either read it like a novel or you could just open up to a random page and just read about it so for example the one that i was the first one i read was the color scarlet and the story starts out with um mary queen of scots on the day of her execution and the tales around that day and some of the you know misinterpreted parts or the like sort of more folktale kind of thing where it's like not really true. But one of the things that was true was that as they told, they brought her forward to chop off her head, she discarded the outer clothing that she had on a coat or something. And underneath she had a scarlet red dress on. And so it's all stories like that. It's amazing. 
So that was actually kind of a fun side effect of, of this whole this whole month long thing was finding this wonderful book. Oh yeah, and I mean, and, and it really has become like a, a resource to like sit there and just go through some of these, mm-hmm. uh, the especially the daily hashtags on stuff like that. Like, I mean, it's just such a fountain of information there. Yeah. It really is. There's a really good episode, just so everybody knows, of um, Fiber Nation, which is another podcast that mm-hmm. uh, we produce within our company. And um, one of the episodes was all about like the history of color and just what different colors. And she didn't go through all of them, but it was really fascinating. Some oh, of the ones she was we'll asking people. Yeah, she was asking people around the office, like, well, what is your favorite color? And I think I had said green. And then it went into this whole thing, how it's the most poisonous of colors and all this other stuff. <laughs> oh, I was like, that's oh, so great. great. <laughs> So it's a oh, really good that. episode. Oh, I'll have to go back and listen. We'll drop a link to that episode in the show notes. Yes. Because that if you're not listening to Fiber Nation, you should be. Oh, it's really good. definitely love, should be. If you love podcasts, you will love Fiber Nation. One of my favorite prompts was actually Best Tip. Mm. And that was a really hard one. I'm going to have to go back and actually look up what I put. Yeah, what you I, said. I believe that I did a tip on, um, oh, I made a reel. So I gave a tip on, um, on buying a sewing machine that you love Mm. and trying all of the different machines. And, and this is another moment where I'm sort of embarrassed because I've been telling people to do this for years. And then I actually just took a machine home from the office to try and learn a little bit about. And after five minutes, I was like, shoot, I've been sewing on the wrong sewing machine for years. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And I had to, like, bug you to take that machine. I was like, it's just sitting there. I was like, take it home. Play with it. You know, get to know it. And uh, Lori, I believe you did the same thing to me. You were like, take a machine home. Just play with it. And here we go. So, (laughs) Yep. It's, It's sad. Because I've really, I feel like every time I've sat down in a machine for the past probably 10 years, I have had to readjust my quarter inch seam. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I thought it was me. And then I thought, oh, it's just a different machine. I need to sort of figure things out. And then I sat down at this one and I had a perfect quarter inch seam as soon as I freaking sat down. And I thought, why am I, have I, have I been struggling? For years, I'm yep. making sure that all my seams are good when it clearly was just not the right fit for me. Yep. Yep. No, that's a good, it's, you get, it's one of those, like, you got to follow your own advice too. And sometimes that's hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, Lori, do you just give tips all the time or do you actually still learn? <laughs> oh, that's one of the things I love about going to classes and teaching classes even yeah. is that mm-hmm. you always pick up something. There's always somebody or something that you haven't thought of doing it that particular way. And, and there's always good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. All right. So you never stop learning. No. 
No. And sometimes, and I agree with teaching sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, as soon as you started talking about that, I was thinking about years ago, I was teaching a class on, um, it was an embroidery class in the hoop. Um, it was an in the hoop purse that we were making and everyone had to make their strap for their, and, and so in the strap for the bag, there was a little piece of interfacing that they had to stitch in and, one of the students asked which way the interfacing needed to be um, in the double fold. This is going to be really hard to describe. So double fold, <laughs> the interfacing is in the middle. Uh-huh. Did I need the piece of fabric that had the iron-on interfacing towards the top or did it need to be near the feed dogs? And I didn't know the answer. And so I went, huh. I don't know. Let's go find out. And I sat down and I did each each side of the stitching on the opposite side. And sure enough, I figured out what the answer was. But I thought, wow, what a really good question. And until you're teaching, you don't, you might not have, I never would have thought of that at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think that's definitely one of the great things. Really good teachers are open to learning and, you know, they don't know it all. So I think that that's really important if you're going to be a good teacher. Mm-hmm. True. So one of the prompts that definitely struck me was quilt backs. And so, of course, I thought of Lori, mm-hmm. right away, <laughs> queen of the quilt backs. But for me, it's so funny because uh, that was number 11. And then the one right before it was number 10, because one of my favorite quilt backs was an upcycling project. So number 10 was asking about upcycling. Um, I have just been denim obsessed. Like I have made so many denim projects because my husband gave me a stack of probably like 30 some of his old jeans. And my husband's not a small man. So it was a lot of fabric. <laughs> and, uh, so I was able to take all of those and I made, to me, I thought was one of the most fun quilt backs. It was for the, um, oh, um, it was the, the, it was Michelle's quilt, right? Yes, Michelle Freeman. Michelle yes, Rock Michelle was Rocks. what we called that it. Was it. Yes, yep. but it was originally something else. Yep. But something flannel. I was just like, it was so <laughs> funny. And I love the way the, the quilt top turned out. It's one of my favorites. And But man, was I proud of that back. And it was just such a labor of love because I had never really quilted with denim before. And I was just so pleased with how it had turned out. But I was like, oh, and it was upcycled. So I was like, yay, that's like two of the prompts right there. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Lori, would you even begin to like when you think of quilt, like a prompt like that, you know, is there one particular one that comes to mind that you're like really, really proud of? Or are there just too many to choose? Boy, hard question. <laughs> I know it hard is. Hard question. Um one of the ones that I still have um, that I haven't given away, um, I used some vintage linens on it on the back. Yeah. Um, and I really, like I said, I've, I've had it on my bed for years, um, but it's still one of my favorite backs. But yeah, there are, there are lots, of, lots of my backs that have turned out really cool. I know. That's pretty awesome when you look at one of Lori's quilts and you're like, okay, which one's the front and which one's the back? Because sometimes you can't tell. Like, they're both so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think the back is even prettier than the front. Just because it's (laughs) so cool. Sometimes I do too. I just think, wow. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's so funny. Like, I just remember when I first started going to quilt shows, just you're not supposed to touch them. I know you're not supposed to touch the quilts when they're hanging. But my first instinct, I always want to see the backs. Like, I just always do. And I don't know why. I'm kind of like, I, I'm, I'm just so shocked. I have not gotten my hand slapped like numerous times at shows because I just instantly want to go and do it. And I know one time I'm going to walk in and I'm just going to do it. And I am. I'm going to get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. It's funny because when we got to that prompt, I didn't know what to do. I was like, my backs are really boring. And then I actually, I've got the quilt right here. (laughs) Nice. It was a quilt as you go. And I had used fat quarters for the, the quilt blocks. And so I had a bunch of pieces left over. And when I got to the back, I had originally thought where I needed to cover where I joined the blocks. I thought, oh, I'll just use white because the backing was white. And then something clicked in my brain and I was like, no, I won't. Mm. I'm going to use, I'm going to use the leftover strips. Yes. And I made a secondary influence. Yes. (laughs) Well, it was before I knew Lori. So it was just completely just out of the blue. And I thought, you know, if I actually do a different color in each quadrant, It'll make plus signs in the back. Mm-hmm. And it's my favorite back of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing when sometimes stuff like that just happens. Like I've definitely had those moments where I've like done some stuff and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was going to turn out like that on the back or that, you mm-hmm. know, because I've, I've made some baby quilts where I've been kind of more like they're not going to really look at the back. So I was like, I'll have some fun back there. And mm-hmm. Maybe it might not be as, you know, maybe as pretty as the front or whatever, but um I've surprised myself a couple times on, you know, how much I've enjoyed the backs of my quilts. <laughs> yeah, when I started. Like, go, go ahead, Tracy. Tracy. <laughs> I was just about to say, when I get to the end, I want it to be done. And sometimes I don't plan the backing ahead of time. And so I sometimes put terrible backings on. That was all I was going to say. <laughs> go ahead, Lori. <laughs> when I started doing piece backs, a way to force myself to do it, was I would buy one length of fabric and then have to use whatever Scraps. to make the rest of the width of the mm-hmm. quilt back. And that was a fun way to get started. Yeah. Hmm. That is. That's definitely, it's a way it's kind of forcing yourself to do that. Right. Um, the thing I love about when your back is pieced and I'm not the greatest of quilters. So for me, it's like a nice way to kind of maybe hide some f- little, f- you know, flubbles or foils, you know, when I'm, especially if I'm doing like straight lines or things like that, or definitely like stitch in the ditch. Like sometimes on the front, it looks great. But on the back, if you have nothing but just a blank you know, mm-hmm. canvas, basically, I tend to really notice those. So for me, it's like, oh, I yeah. love having that kind of like, okay, good. I got a backup here. It's like, nobody's really going to see that because on the back, you can't really see it. So mm-hmm. I think the the piecing helps on that front for me, at least. And another thing that helps to kind of conceal, if you don't have time to make a piece back is to use a printed backing. Oh, yeah. I was about yeah. to say it that. Hides something busy. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They always used to say when I was starting out to use a really busy print and then make sure your thread on your bobbin blends. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, I can tell as my confidence level gets um, better, the bolder I get with my thread on the back. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, it's okay. If I want to see it now, I want, you know, because so, yeah, I I feel like I've been much more adventureful when it comes to thread. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes that's not been a good thing. I think the same quilt I just finished, I had to pull out the thread because I tried to use a variable thread. Oh yeah. Bad mistake. I, I just, I kept trying and I don't know why I think like three times I tried it, tried it different directions, tried it, you know, and I was like, no, it's the thread. I just don't like the way it looks on this quilt. And I mm-hmm. went with just a solid and I love it. So that's because uh, that, that quilt is so bold. And I think until you try, how yeah. would you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. There were a few more posts that I thought were really kind of fun. Um, one, most loved quilt. Mm. Ha, that's like choosing your favorite David Bowie song. Like, I thought you were going to say even... child. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a given. <laughs> I only have like, one, so oh, I, I'm safe there. Yeah. Yeah. So I only have three, and there's lots of David Bowie songs I love. So. <laughs> Uh, but it was funny because what I ended up doing was I chose quilts that I made for each of my kids and then one project that I made for me and you know what they were all totally geeky did you see it Ginger I was thinking of you when I posted because it was a Deadpool quilt that I made for my oldest and then um, a TARDIS quilt that I made Mm -hmm. for Bryce and then I made myself a Star Wars bag yes and they were all just like, except for the TARDIS, the TARDIS quilt was a pattern, but the other two yeah. were just things I made up. Yeah. And Sydney's was just, you know, like her quilt that we made together. So it was that had a special memory for it. But that was the only thing I could think of to do because I'm like, I've already shown you my favorite quilts like 16 times already this month. Yeah. <laughs> that one's rough. It is. That's definitely a tough one. Um, Lori, I can't even imagine. Like, do you even mm. have a favorite or do you just have like, you know, favorites? Yes. Multiple. Okay. Yes. Because what's your count up to now? You've got to be. I, it's a little over 300. I don't remember oh exactly. Can you imagine, Ginger? I can't even no. imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like enough to, if we put those all together, could you cover America? Maybe. <laughs> At least a state or so, you know? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, maybe a city. Yeah, that, that's a good goal, yeah, there though. You, go. you know, no. just cover all of America, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, there was another post that was probably my favorite, um, which was must make yeah. I, I thought, oh man, my bucket list is so long. Yeah. It's like, how do you pick just one must make? Cause there's I so mean, much. Oh, so many. Um, but I, so I picked three, um, nice. but mm-hmm. I picked, uh, Lisa Alexander design, designed a quilt called, um, it was based on a, like a, a Burgoyne surrounded block, but is super scrappy and colorful. And it's in her book called Oh Scrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I picked that one. Um, I picked a pineapple, which it's actually almost time for my pineapple to happen. Um, nice. Because I actually just found a fabric that I think will tie my whole concept together. Ooh. And then a plaidish quilt. Have you guys Ooh. seen the plaidish quilt? No, I have. They're oh. really cool. Yeah. So it is a free pattern. Um, okay. I'll drop the link. 
in the show notes and I'll tell you who the designer is. So the designer is, I think it's kitchen table quilting. Let me just double check. Um, but this pattern is, it often has a quilt along, um, the, it is by kitchen table quilting is the designer. And, um, there is a quilter. Her name is Jessica quilter. And she mm-hmm. does a quilt, a plaidish quilt along pretty frequently. Uh, and her designs are stunning. So basically it's, it's a, it's like a charm square friendly pattern and it's all about value. So it yes. really, I think really teaches you how to choose the value of fabrics to create this plaid design. And everyone who I know who has made one has instantly wanted to make another one as soon as they were done. So that has been on my bucket list for a while. And I love the idea of it being such a great learning tool because that, Mm -hmm. to me, that would be brilliant. Oh, we should do one together, Ginger. Yes. Because I definitely, (laughs) I I feel like value is one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I completely understand that. And then when I go to actually like work with it and do it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I really don't think I do understand value. (laughs) Like, if you two decide to do that, I want to play too okay we have something cooking now i think we could do this give me give me a little time to get my list of projects down and then (laughs) i'm just gonna tell you now that's not gonna happen it's never gonna happen i know i know i know i know Uh, now i know how you guys feel all the time how do you live like this (laughs) oh my gosh and i tell you if i don't have a deadline it doesn't get done yeah Oh, you know, I hate it's that. Terrible. I hate that feeling. Like, yeah. I feel it's like I feel like I'm ignoring one of my kids or something. Like, mm-hmm. I know I only have one, but still, I feel like, oh my gosh, I've just left it sitting there. Like, <laughs> I need to go take care of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I don't know. Lori doesn't, ha- I don't think Lori has this problem. <laughs> well, but, but things are so different. You know, yeah. I, I don't have a nine to five job and, Mm-hmm. All of my kids are gone from home. Oh, and stop so rubbing things it in. are so <laughs> different for me than they are for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like comparing apples to oranges. It's not a, a fair comparison. Yeah. No, Lori's living the dream. Yes, yeah. that's what we're, we're all striving for. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly true. Aww. Well, what else, Lori? Did you have some other ones? Because I know you did a ton of research. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I found a pattern that I, I don't usually do patterns, but I found a pattern that I just thought was really fun uh, from uh, Art East Quilting Company. Okay. On day 31, they did a, a post with a quilt called Cattle Call. Ooh. It's just so fun. I went to Scotland when Chase was stationed there, and the Highland cows, you've seen pictures of them, and mm-hmm. they're all woolly and yep. and extra hairy, and that's what this cow reminds me of on this quilt. Oh, my just, goodness. I think it looks like great fun. And then I noticed that Violet Crafts Elephant oh, was pretty popular. There were several mm-hmm. posts with it. And then in the category, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. There was one that I thought was just really, really striking. Sam Sedlowski did a moose and calf quilt. 
And it started out as an art project, so he didn't really sew things together. He glued them, and then, you know, this happened and that happened and the other thing happened. (laughs) And it's an amazing quilt, even though it was, it sounds like it was fairly painful to make, but it's stunning. Just amazing. (sighs) And then there was one more. And that one, on day 29, uh, Quilt Tangerines posted a a picture of an improv quilt that was mostly log cabins, Mm -hmm. only they were different sizes. And uh, it's really, really pretty. Uh, Mostly teal, turquoise, aqua for the darks. And then uh, oranges or yellows for the center of the log cabin. It's just really, really pretty. Wow. That sounds very cool. Oh, so many. It's so great. Like, I think it's worth exploring and just even just putting in the hashtag and going through mm-hmm. all the posts. And, oh, yeah. You know, you don't even have to do it by the day. I just yeah. think it's really interesting to do that and then to see which day they posted stuff because there's mm-hmm. certain things where it's like, oh, that must be for that day. And it's like, oh, no, actually, it was for this day instead. Right. So there's yeah. a little bit of overlap where you can, if you, I, there were some times when I had two things that I was between and then I realized, oh, if I post this one, uh-huh. I can post this other one for this other day. Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. And I feel like it's helpful to have, um, prompts for social media like this. It sort of Mm -hmm. gives you a calendar to choose different things to, to share and sort of keep you on track. I think we probably created a whole bunch of Instagram holics. Yes. <laughs> I know, just on this alone. Well, and it's really funny because Amy Ellis is the one who had done this. Mm-hmm. And number 18 was a uh, workshop slash class love. And I actually got to work with Amy on a class. It was one of the very oh, first you? classes. I didn't get to work with her on set, but it was like kind of handed over to me when I first got to the company. And um, so it was the first video I ever watched was hers. Cool. And I just remember, I thought it was really cool because at the front of it, it was all about it was called um sewing uh you know finishing your quilt on a domestic machine or whatever and she went through like cleaning out your machine like how to like go in and just dust it out make sure it looks good before you even start and i was like okay that was a good lesson to learn like Mm -hmm. so i feel like you know it works for the workshop class but then also you know lesson learned it's like make sure your machine is in good shape before you start and so uh yeah so i think that's pretty funny oh my gosh and cleaning it out is really important oh Oh, yeah (laughs) Especially if you make a pair of corduroy pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the last like three projects after that, I realized I had not cleaned it. And I was like, why is everything coming out yellow, fuzzy? And I'm like, oh, because oh. I didn't clean it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I again, lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, one more thing. Um, mm-hmm. You need to remind our listeners what your Instagram handle is. Yes. Oh, sure. Because um, they'd like to see what you've done. Mm, mine is uh, so supportive, S-E-W, supportive. And Ginger, why don't you give yours so that that if people want to follow us, yeah. they can. Mine is GST Quilts and Sews. 
So Ginger Sheehy Tadic, make it easy. Mm-hmm. GST. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we'll put links in the show notes. Thanks, Lori, for that prompt. Yeah. Um, I was about to say that there was <laughs> – so we um, had to clean out our, our studio in the office and um, because we had a big job coming in and they actually needed to put in shelving in the space that we had our studio. And so they offered up everything that was in there for employees to come take. And there was a sewing machine that I decided that I would take home because I was having problems with mine. And I went to clean it out. Ooh. And Ooh. oh, my word. Oh, yeah. I think it took me 45 minutes to clean it out. And then I just decided that it needed to go get a professional cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> But I luckily took a photo and snapped it and sent it to Terry Lucas because I thought she would think it was funny. She's like, if your thread isn't working, she asks you a bunch of questions. And then she's like, have you cleaned your machine? Your machine. Yep. And um, so I took a photo. And then one day we needed a photo of a dirty machine for a <laughs> blog post. <laughs> and you and were I prepared. dropped it into the chat and everyone was like, oh my God, Tracy, what did you do? And I was like, it wasn't mine. It was the <laughs> office machine that clearly had not been cleaned in at least five years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. And, and when we talk about cleaning machines, something that I like to tell people is that you can buy mascara wands at, at a beauty supply yes. shop that oh, they're, they're brand new, haven't ever been used. Those are great little tools for cleaning out your machine yes. because mm. where you curl your eyelashes around mm-hmm. the wand is going to pick up a lot more lint more easily mm-hmm. than the brushes that come with the machines. Nice, really good, good tip. Yes, what's you that know, number? And- number number fifteen, best tip ever, right? <laughs> right. And you know, Lori, I was going to ask you this because I, I, I'm not sure about this one. There's a big difference between machines. Uh, some machines you have to oil, right? And some machines you don't, and that always confuses me because. I think I've been used to the ones that you have to oil and are pretty easy to get in because they've got the rotary hook, but it's a little harder to get into the machines that have the drop in bobbin sometimes. Mm. Do you have any tips on that? Or So I'm going to get myself in trouble with this answer. I know I am. I know I am. The new machines, I won't even tell you a, a period of time, but I mean... For, for several years, they say we don't have to oil them. I think they have moving parts. I oil them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah. Okay. You know, I, I've been wondering that because, because the machine that I'm currently using is kind of making clacky sounds. Yeah. So it needs <laughs> oil. And I kind of have been wondering if there isn't a spot that probably yep. needs oil. And after, you know, having Bernina's for a while, you have to oil those. You have to add a drop of oil every time you use it, you know? Oh, wow. I mean, not if it's a small, tiny job, but, you know, pretty frequently um, just to make sure. And you can actually hear it when it starts to make noise, then you you probably need to add more oil. So it kind of depends. So I guess, you know, our best advice is probably to read your manual, but mm. hmm. Yeah, that's I, probably good there. advice too. Just read your manual. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Best tip ever. 
when your machine's <laughs> acting up, turn it off and turn it back turn on. It on. Yes. Um, also, just rethread the whole thing and then mm-hmm. maybe reboot it. And then that should usually clear everything out. And uh, don't forget to change the needle if it's not yes. working. Change I was just going to say, yeah. And I've had it where I've put a new needle in and it wasn't in all the way or something. And I'm like, why is this? I just changed the needle. And then I'm like, oh, because it's not far enough up. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, and I wonder like with oil, if it's kind of like, you know, when you're supposed to drink water, it's like if you're thirsty, then it's too late. Is that the the problem (laughs) with uh, with oil? Like if you don't oil it, like can you still go in and salvage it? Or does it, 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 you know, as long as it doesn't get to a point where it's just grinding, like are you still okay? (laughs) I have vintage machines. And sometimes our vintage machines will get so you can't even turn the hand wheel mm-hmm. oh. for lack oh, of oil. Man. Now, that's not going to happen with our newer machines. Right. You know, these are from the 50s and earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like I said, if it has moving parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nice. I've seen some pretty cool videos of there used to be this person who found old machines that were like rusted really like had been left outside in the elements and it, he would keep working at it and adding oil and cleaning it. the parts and he could get them working again. Yeah. So I mean, I, just keep, I, I keep thinking of the Tin Man from uh, yes. Wizard of Oz. Yes. I'm like, yes. yeah, that does make sense. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Our, well, this was really fun. It was kind of yeah. fun, like just chatting with you guys. We haven't had a show where it's just been the three of us for a while. So I really, oh. really, it's it's been fun. Yeah, fun subject. Like I yes. just thought that was the coolest, coolest thing. And I just absolutely loved this last month seeing everybody's different posts and mm-hmm. just it's such a good in-depth way to learn somebody, learn about mm-hmm. somebody. Oh yeah. And and big thank you to Amy Ellis for doing this yes. every year. Yes. We should probably yes. have her as a guest on the show sometime. Yes, that good would be idea. fabulous. She is so delightful. <laughs> nice. Well, um a little birdie told me some news. Uh, yeah. What, uh, what news is that, Tracy? Um, that it's somebody's birthday. Woohoo! Uh, I Whose believe birthday it's, could that be? I believe it would be Lori's. Ah, <gasps> uh, <Okay>. yes. Uh, <laughs> and for our, for our listeners, the only way we found out is because her phone started to ring and she confessed that it was her daughter calling to wish her a happy birthday. So we <laughs> just dorks and we didn't know, yes, but now we're no. going to, I'm going to put a little note in my phone so that I remember next year. Yes. <laughs> happy birthday, Lori. Yes. Oh, happy thank you birthday. guys. Happy birthday, happy Lori. <laughs> oh, Lori, we love you so much. Oh, yes, you guys we are do. awesome. <laughs> well, many happy returns of the day. Yes, many. I I hope you're doing something special tonight. I'm not sure what it is, but probably. All right. Nice. Well, nice. make sure your bake spoils you a little bit. Yeah, right. I'll do it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we found out before the show ended. Yeah, so I we could really acknowledge bad. your birthday. Oh my gosh, I would have felt oh. terrible if I'd gotten on Facebook <laughs> and was like, "Dang it, she didn't say anything." I know that <laughs> Facebook is good for that, at least. Like yes, I feel like is. I always like remember it, but I never go on Facebook. I'm so bad about I it. I know I'm bad about it too. It's okay. oh, all right. that's all right. We have to get better, if if not only for birthdays, <laughs> only for birthdays. Well, we, you and I need to put her birthday in our phones. Definitely. Pronto. So, (laughs) all right. Well, happy birthday. Thank you so much to both of you. This was so much fun today. It was. 
I agree. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.